morning, everybody. It's your girl, Super Cindy. Welcome to Community Matters. Live in the studio, I have, I feel the power of the females in the building. <laughs> Live in the studio, repping Femme Power. I have Raina Noriega, who's the who's, in, who's head of communications. Good morning, Raina. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. I have Gabby Rosado, who's the exe- who is an executive member. Hey. <laughs> and I also have Nikki Franco, who's the political education director. Hey. You guys are like the power is like definitely floating in the air this morning. I feel it. How are all of you feeling this Sunday? Oh, we feel good. Yeah. Yes. So good. we're going to spread the word on the movement you guys have going on because it's definitely a wave that is causing a shift. And first of all, I want you to briefly, one of you to briefly explain what exactly is Fem Power. Yeah, so Fem Power, um, we've been around for two years and essentially we started off as an artist collective mm-hmm. for femmes of color and mm-hmm. queer femmes as well because we mm-hmm. felt that we weren't represented presented in the creative and artistic arena in Miami. Mm-hmm. So we were like, okay, let's make our own collective. Let's make our own shows, our own programming. And that has now kind of turned into like a full-on creative house. And it's a really beautiful collective where now we don't just do art shows. We don't just do nightlife parties. We're actually doing political actions. We're doing mm-hmm. educational programming. We're involved in elections. And yeah, it's we are essentially just a collective of powerful women, femmes, who are just you know, carving our own way as we tend to do. What are what were some of the events that you guys were doing? Like art exhibits and like women that are part of the movement were doing artwork. Like what what were some of the events? Yeah, we have we used to do a lot of art shows and we still do. We do art shows. We would do nightlife parties. Mm-hmm. We would do ballot breakdowns. We have a reoccurring book club. We even have a community garden that we've started as well. Um, so yeah, we've done a little bit of you know. Who thought of this idea like who's yeah so our director uh helen peña she's Mm -hmm. a miami native and we've known each other for a long time who essentially left to boston for college came back and it was kind of like a stark uh difference and you know once you leave home you come back and you kind of all the things that are wrong with it or good with it kind of surface up to the table because you've experienced another Mm -hmm. set of visions like when you're home you don't even realize what's wrong or what's right you're like "Eh, it's what it is exactly so you know different she came back home after graduation and it was kind of you know she had all these ideas of how do we build out our own infrastructure our own sort of opportunities if we're not being given them given those opportunities by the mainstream that's so dope but how like how did she did she just go talk to her homegirls about what she felt and then you guys all just like hell yeah let's do it or like how did it work i mean a little bit a little bit of that i think I think what has been so successful about it is that Femme Power was responding to a nerve that everybody was feeling in Miami. Mm. If you talk to people, people say, oh, in Miami, I don't feel like there's a community for X, Y, and Z, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, essentially it started, you know, intimate, and then uh, she hosted the launch party at 229 Warehouse, which is this uh, warehouse that our friends run in, like, the Little Haiti, Little River area. Mm-hmm. A lot of queer parties go down there, just lots of like drag shows really fun shows Mm -hmm. um and that was you know there was different contributing artists and that party itself had a turnout of like over 300 people young people that felt like they had nowhere to go and exactly like yeah this is it exactly and that was two years ago essentially so from there kind of we started building like an online platform through instagram through tumblr through the website and then also building an actual collective of 
membership, um, which are essentially contributing artists. I love it. So let me get to know a little bit um, about each one of you. So Nikki, you were just speaking. What is your like background? Are you from South Florida? Like, what is your movement? What do you got going on? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm Miami through and through. I got, hey, I got, <laughs> yeah, I got three and five tatted on me. So it's like that. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm a Miami native, so I have a really deep commitment to kind of the future of Miami Mm -hmm. and you know whatever flaws or whatever holes are in Miami I'm committed to kind of bridging those um, alongside with all my sisters so yeah I'm from Miami I'm a community organizer with Mm -hmm. Power U it's a Liberty City based organization we work with uh, black and brown young people Mm -hmm. Um, what is it called Power U Power U yeah I think I've done something with Power U probably yeah we'd be around it's been on for a minute right? yeah 28 years okay yeah yeah I've done stuff with Power U yeah Mm -hmm. so I'm a community organizer with them so i you know with helen we were kind of thinking of like okay dope like we're this group of artists but Mm -hmm. and yes our identities are political but we also wanted to be really sharp about our political thinking and build cohesion throughout the collective you know we recognize that uh, sometimes it's difficult to know your own histories unless Mm -hmm. you know you end up in like african-american studies or afro-caribbean studies um colonialism studies and that's just not what everybody's having access to so we we started to sort of build out a political entity within the collective and some sort of political thinking I like that. It's not all about artwork, fun, and everything. We got to get serious because life is real right yep, about now. That part. So, what about you, Gabby? What's your history? Well, with Femme Power, I found out about them through Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, actually. And Finally, something positive <laughs> comes out of Instagram. No, I was just saying today that like it's hard for me to give Instagram that credit, but mm-hmm. a lot of beautiful things have come my way um, so I could live in real life doing mm-hmm. the things I care about. But That's basically, dope. I was like towards the end of college, just really burnt out, mm-hmm. really wishing that I had a community like this. And mm-hmm. like I studied anthropology. I spent a lot of time studying social movements, studying activism, studying the work that people are doing on the ground and I just got a little tired of like reading about it. What made you like what sparked your interest? Like you're saying you studied anthropology is that in college or? In college in university. Where did you go? I went to FIU. So what made you focus on anthropology? Like I'm in high school and I'm gonna major in anthropology. It didn't happen that way. Yes please tell me. (laughs) I went through a bunch of different majors but Mm -hmm. it was like a general interest was obviously there. Mm -hmm. Like you could see sort of like a common thread but I didn't really know what to focus on Mm -hmm. and just one day it was like you keep taking anthropology courses so it sounds like you're interested in it and I think when I started taking the classes and seeing like how this social research really has a potential to inform us Mm -hmm. so that we can make better decisions so that we can truly see like the disproportion in our society the disparities Mm -hmm. in our society like a lot of what's experiential to all of us is like you can prove through statistics and sometimes Mm -hmm. people need that unfortunately so I think just like learning anthropology so much about like listening to people's stories and really like listening to people truly that really resonated with me a lot just like learning about different cultures learning about my own culture learning about these histories that like were denied knowing you know mm-hmm. is hidden from us um so that sparked a lot in me but then I was like <laughs> I have all this knowledge where do I go now that's really how I felt so I feel like I was searching for femme power and like it just popped up like that in my life which was beautiful so I joined the book club it was just like right off my alley like right off the bat we were reading 
meeting Audrey Lord. I was just there for it. <laughs> it was amazing. And I feel like we just cultivated so much together in that space, like not just learning, but sharing, you know, it was very healing, very therapeutic. I think also hearing so many people, like Nikki was saying, just like really craving community. Like it was crazy how many people just showed up open, ready to receive, wanting so badly to like talk about these things, you know, feeling like I feel so frustrated with how my society is, how things are going. Like, I don't feel like, you know, I feel like I'm always going against the grain. And when you don't feel like you have a community, a support system around you, it's just like extra draining. You feel so alone, you know. So I really wanted to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And so at first to me, it was just having community, like having Mm -hmm. people around, you know, having a lot of like femmes around. So many like feminists with strong Mm -hmm. opinions, like so beautiful. And then I think the more I was doing that work, the more I felt compelled to like, you know, do more. So definitely doing um, canvassing with Power You. So like Nikki had a lot of volunteers come in and stuff. And I did canvassing for Amendment 4. Mm. Um, and Power You was like so really... So that felons can vote. Yes. Non, non-violent, non-violent felons, felons can mm-hmm. vote. Um, and just doing that work of like calling people every day, knocking on doors, seeing people's reactions. Even people that like you might just assume would be down being like... I don't know how I feel about that and really unpacking like this is so much more real than you could ever imagine the struggle of getting people of the struggle of change the struggle of trying to advocate for people how hard it is you know and it really brought so much respect to like not just the work that Nikki's doing and stuff but the work that we all can be doing and involved in there's always a way for you to involve yourself and so like that really propelled me to like big and small big and small like if I get involved with this organization it's gonna take up my whole day and I'm not yeah no I mean you'd be surprised sometimes people would pop in just like one day for few hours to call people mm-hmm. and that makes a huge difference you know so like I think whether it's big or small the point isn't about I'm trying to get this result and like if I don't get this result then what's the point it's like in the process of speaking to people you bring more people in and you make people aware of like oh people care and people are like out here really trying <laughs> their yeah. best to make mm-hmm. things happen so that really brought me to that point and then doing the Black Mama's Day bailout has been really so incredible I yeah, learned so we're definitely so going to talk much. about the Black yeah. Mama's bailout so doing all of that like mm-hmm. fundraising with Fempower and stuff and like just being involved in that process there's so much you don't see behind the scenes of like how difficult it is to help for people advocate for people how how draining can be on us you know mm-hmm. but like it's so worth it when you see the results and the outcome and the smiles on people's yeah. faces and-, and just even seeing like your community come together i think sometimes we don't even want to have faith that that community's there yeah we're like i feel like sometimes there's like a fear of like relying on like oh but if i want people to show out will they really you know mm-hmm. and seeing how many people have come out Actually and just come. you know people are craving that And I think that, like, that's been one of the most empowering things of just, like, being part of Fempower is seeing how, like, we all have skills, we all have resources, we're all feeling a little, like, damn, I got to figure this out on my own. And that's just not the reality. That's not real real at all. So, like, bringing more and more people in to realize that and seeing how we can all, like, use our collective power Mm -hmm. to bring about, even if it's just, like, a small amount of change, it's a step in that direction, you know? So I love that. And Reyna. (laughs) So, Reyna, how did you get involved with FemPower? Well, no, what is your background? Yeah, I'm a super late addition. Um, I was well in college I was a psychology major Mm -hmm. art English minor didn't know what I wanted to do I ended up an art teacher 
Um, <laughs> I did that for four years and then I started to get super frustrated. I felt myself being like basically overcome by the system. You know, I had all of these high hopes that I would change. When you walk in as a teacher, I'm I would do yeah, this, that, would, and they're like, womp, womp. Yeah. <laughs> I was starting clubs and events and little by little, everything was getting cut in um, lieu of like testing and, and this and everything that just doesn't help the students, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I At that time, like I lived very far, mm-hmm. but I started to notice, um, I think through Nikki first. She would say a lot of things on Instagram, like Gabby said, that resonated with me. And um, just something about like her approach. A lot of times I feel like I have been um, intimidated Mm -hmm. by just things like making transitions to living a better lifestyle, whether it's being more eco-friendly or being more conscious of like my own privilege and things like that, Mm -hmm. that it's so much it can be intimidating. But she just had like a way that it's it's kind of like not forgiving, but she was there to educate and also understand like how she was also still learning which i loved you know which was kind of she doesn't know it all like yeah you're bad you don't do this yeah yeah so once i quit teaching and i moved closer to the city i was able to um go to my first book club meeting Mm -hmm. which was amazing but very soon after we started the black mama's day bailout initiative so i um we completely like transitioned into that so i've been working with them on that and um i'll also say even in terms of like the comms team communications i'm in no way the lead like we're really supported by um Helen Peña, mm-hmm. Lizzie, who does all our graphics. Um, there's another one of us, Maria, that she does all of our press releases and things like that. So mm-hmm. it's a team. Yes. Yeah, so I'm definitely um, supporting the team in any way and like trying to learn all of the things that the knowledge I didn't have access to, you know, as even as somebody who is black, we can say we suffer a lot. But I, I come from a very privileged side of that, you know, mm-hmm. as Afro Latina, mm-hmm. as coming from a middle class family. A lot of the things that we talk about in Fan Power, I never had to deal with or think about you know I took it for Mm. granted so it's definitely been like a learning experience for me because it's kind of dope like finding out about like since all of you have different backgrounds upbringings whatever the fact that even though you that's not how you were raised or that you didn't go through stuff like that just learning other people's obstacles and speed bumps can help you in the future if an obstacle or speed bump comes your way how to handle Mm -hmm. how to I I think it's so dope too that you guys like talk about things that you know like you said you don't you feel alone about it and then you realize wait a minute I'm not alone everybody in here feels like you know Mm -hmm. so and even if they don't have the same view you still are collectively speaking together about just the issues and stuff that we go through. Do people, um, like, think that when they say femme, like, because now everybody's using feminism and do the mm-hmm. words, do, do sometimes people, like, misunderstand what your wave, what your movement is, and try to be like, these angry women, <laughs> the women power type thing? I, f- I feel like all the time, and I feel like it comes... It comes from a place of... like, not really. She's like, no, all the time. No, but like, like, because I, before I was able to um, get in touch with Femme Power, the things that I heard, people felt right. alienated. But I think that that comes from a place of, one, not being educated mm-hmm. and not understanding your privilege. Like, there's a lot of times where I have to understand that, like, my narrative is not the one that we need to focus on right now. Like, mm-hmm. there's people who are suffering more than me. So, yes, Femme Power is limited to the femmes, the queers, and we're focusing on people with, you know, Afro... Afro-Caribbean, whatever, Afro-Latin mm-hmm. descent and things like that. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason for that. It's because they're the most stigmatized. They're the ones that suffer the most from the gaps in our system and the and the faults in our system. Mm-hmm. Separating you guys. Yeah. And, yeah. So it's not a point, like, even when we talk feminism in general, um, 
you know, men feel alienated, but that comes from the lack of understanding, yeah. you know, of why yeah. these movements are necessary. Let's say, oh, too, oh, no, no, I was going to say, too, that, like, I feel like people that also come to our space, I don't think that that's a comment. I don't know. I personally haven't heard that commentary. I also think, like, people that come to our space, we do so much unpacking, like, mm. so much unpacking about how we've internalized a lot of these things, how mm. it's been around us, our family, our friends. And then also just, like, even talking about feminism, like, we even discussed, like, how does this affect men? Like, how does living in this kind of society affect men, their well-being, their mental health? All of us, like, we are considering the whole, like, a holistic yeah. view of living and life and that we want every person, we want every person to live a better life. And then within that, we understand, like, not everyone's walking the same path. path. Not mm-hmm. everyone is going to experience the same things. And we can only benefit from hearing other people's experiences. So I think, like, we're very welcoming and open to that. And, yeah, I mean, I hope that that's what people get from it because, you know. Let's talk about your current mission right now, which I think is so amazing. It's called the Black Mamas Bailout. What exactly is the Black Mamas Bailout and how did it? How was it born? <laughs> Yeah, so the Black Mamas bailout is actually uh, an element of just like long time black trajectory and radical tradition. This mm-hmm. specific um, action was conceived by Mary Hooks, who's the executive director of an organization called Song, Southerners on New Ground. Mm-hmm. And since then, it's been a couple years, since then now there's a national bailout collective where it's a, a group of very different organizations across the nation that are partaking on this action yearly. And the idea of it was, it's essentially uh, folks taking their limited resources, but mm-hmm. building this collective power in order to free others, which for us, we perceive that as a black tradition, you know, that mm-hmm. dates back to slavery. Like, how do you pull whatever limited resources so you can liberate others? And the idea of this is that we understand and recognize that uh, mothers are an anchor of support in any community, yeah. both in, in the immediate nucleus and in the larger, broader community. Mm-hmm. So to know that black mothers are the most targeted women that are becoming the highest proportion of women that are being incarcerated in our country, then for us, a response to that or an intervention to that is to help bail them out because we don't believe that people should be locked up just simply because they cannot afford a bail. And and I, I read a statistic um, in your paperwork that says every day an average of 700,000 people are condemned to cages in our local jails. Black women are the fastest growing incarcerated population and more than two thirds of incarcerated women are mothers. Mm. So right now you are on the mission of raising funds to Mm -hmm. help bail out moms that are incarcerated. How do you find the moms that are incarcerated? Yeah, so we so there's like multiple approaches. We're working Mm -hmm. with a sort of small legal team that's helping us uh, navigate this. But we've you know we've actually been attending uh, bond hearings at the local courthouse, and I think what's great about this is that it's a transformative process for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. Even like you mentioned, even if you yourself haven't been directly impacted or have gone through the carceral system Mm -hmm. like that, Mm -hmm. to go through bond hearings to recognize how you know this is a a process that happens every single day. Bond hearings happen seven days a week, all day long. And for people who have never gone through that to now incorporate that practice. Wait, so you guys are sitting through a bond hearing. What Mm-hmm. Are you listening for cases that you might be able to help out with? Exactly. Like, what are you, how are you guys doing this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, just listening, kind of, you know, because 
the thing too is like Fun Power is not interested in just doing like a photo op, like hey, we build these black mothers yeah. out. <laughs> it's like we also want to have a clear assessment of are we prepared to support these families and these mothers? Mm-hmm. You know, months after the actual yeah, bailout, when they get moment. out now what? Because we know very clearly that once someone gets incarcerated, there's a lot of barriers that follow up, even if you're out. You know, from housing, from food stamp support, everything, Um, you know, employment. So we're trying to be make a very honest assessment as to what our capacity, what our potential is and who can we actually help out. That's so awesome. So right now on Mother's Day, like what is the process of this whole um, Black Mamas bailout? Like you find, let's just say I'm I'm just making up a number, 10 women. Mm -hmm. And those are who you've chosen to bail out. Mm -hmm. And so what next now? Like, what are you? So we've been doing a couple of weeks of uh, or a few months at this Mm -hmm. point of fundraising. um, And our goal is 25,000. Come Mother's Day, we're actually doing like the week like Before, week like, after because oh, you know mother's day after. is okay. you know it is what it is it's mm-hmm. celebration time um and actually bailing those mothers out we mm-hmm. want to have a homecoming event where we welcome them back to their communities um have a sort of celebration and essentially you know a long-term goal that we would have is for fempower to have a sort of community bail fund ongoing yeah um but essentially, after that, what follows after this is kind of like the programming we've always been committed to. Continue educating the community, continue to advocate for the community, and continue to support each other. And again, the, those that are that need it the most. So this has just been a labor of love for a couple months now. Um, lots of meetings, navigating through a system that is not the hmm. easiest to understand. Yeah. Meeting a lot of people who are, you know, who are in social services, in the legal field to help us understand this, you know, uh, conversations with the national team. Mm-hmm. How how is like for so for the people that deal with this every single day that work in that loop that's familiar with all the ups downs the laws how things work. What is their attitude like? Like is it frustration? Is it over? Is it numbness? Like um, we actually had at our meeting. So we do our meetings like every Monday. <clears throat> Excuse me. We've been doing our meetings every Monday, and we actually had someone that was a public defender come, mm. and they broke down to us like first of all what happens when you first get bugged Mm -hmm. all this stuff because like you know more or less but when you really see the process and like how you can get stuck longer and longer and longer and how like you know if you get past I think it was like 22 23 days the likelihood of you like staying in is even longer so I think like what especially this public defender um, was just telling us like it is depressing it mm. is constant. Like, literally, when they're doing the bond hearings, you know, you imagine a person coming to a judge and whatever. It's literally on a video screen. And they have them lined up in the jail, you know, like, cuffed completely. Like, walking up to turn to see the judge. They get, like, a minute, a minute and a half, you know. Next. Next. Exactly. Mm. So, I think it's just, like, this constant grind. And it's repetitive. I think sometimes it's, like, becomes more and more difficult depending, like, one thing we were talking about was there was one person in particular we had, like, like listed and the public defender was like well they're on like a they're in a mental health cell and we're like well what is that and then they're explaining to us it's literally a cell that's like surrounded by bars and they're sitting in it surrounded by more of those with people that are have done something you know 
that cannot even be pinpointed. Like she was saying, like, to me, it seems very arbitrary why you get sent there. And then you can't go in front of like the judge to see. Wow. The you know, like it just becomes like more and more. You just see the red tape, the red tape. Yeah. You can never see an end. And how like dehumanizing it is and how like isolating that experience is. I think it's so frustrating to see that. Like a few of us that have already gone to the bond hearings, the way we've been doing it is like on a schedule. Mm-hmm. So we all have like a volunteer sign up and then mm-hmm. we're all taking turns to show up wow. to the courthouse to give flyers to like meet people to get in touch with the family because also trying to stay in sync with like what the family wants as well Mm. and just learning like one of the big takeaways I took too was that she was sharing to us like it's so easy to judge a person based on what they've been charged with Mm -hmm. but when you actually read the arrest report which is not public so we don't have (laughs) access to that you realize like this is not what I thought it was. Yeah. You know, like, oh, they were charged with assault. And then you read the arrest report and you're like, wait, what? So, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? At what point they threw a toothbrush and yeah. all of a sudden and it's, a, it's a violent crime. So, right. Or you're, yeah, so you can you can just end up in a situation that you don't anticipate. Mm. And it, it happens so often. And, like, I think in the blink of an eye and it's like you said like you're there for a short amount of time you lose your job you could lose like your health insurance like there's so many that you could lose your children literally Hmm. they could take your kids away so what now like um because if they want to donate if they want to get involved if they want to follow your movements where should they go I would say and I'm going to make this assumption because I know people be loving Instagram (laughs) (laughs) give the IG girl yeah Yeah. is um probably to contact us through Instagram which Mm -hmm. is Fempower MIA and that's probably the easiest way and there you can kind of keep up with all of the weekly fundraisers mm-hmm. the meetings donation links tickets because we have ticketed events as well oh, and just all the in-between events I would say Instagram is probably the best and easiest way so that's F-E-M-P-O-W-E-R M-I-A yep. I want to thank you guys so much it's been really interesting finding out what your wave is about I heard about you guys but I'm like what do they do what is it and big shout Shout out to Daisy who put me on to you guys. Um, and again, we've been speaking to Raina, Gabby, and Nikki, part of Fem Power. Make sure you visit their IG, Fem Power, MIA, or even Google them because some everyone doesn't have IG, believe it or not. Some people are like, <laughs> I hate IG. So just Google them and you'll follow their movements or your website or whatever. Yeah. It, the links are there. Google, Google, Google. Oh, I want to yeah. thank you guys so much for stopping by. Thank you so oh, much for having thank us. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that was <laughs> synced. <laughs>